spoke at Friendship Church on my birthday last year. Um, we were doing a series on mental health and my introduction was the question, if you had the opportunity to go to Narnia, would you take it? And I think for most people, this would be a no-brainer. The answer is yes, obviously. Like, when can we leave? And if you asked me as a child, I would have said the same thing. I love these books. Um, C.S. Lewis is probably the author that has meant the most to me. And um, yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted adventure. I wanted uh, to be a knight or a wizard. You know, I loved fantasy. It was my favorite genre for a long, long time, well into my 20s. Um, it was the only thing I read, honestly, given the choice. Um, it was why I was interested in D&D. You know, it's funny because I go back and I think of being a kid and like even the things that I wanted to do, right? I wanted to be a Cub Scout. At some point, I tried to convince my parents to let me try. Um, it, it didn't work. I tried to convince them. They knew better. Um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to camp. I wanted to be in the outdoors. I wanted to, you know, do, I don't know, fun cool outdoorsy type things but not really i think because i just love being outdoors although i definitely was more of a nature person back then um i feel like my elementary school experience was totally environmentalist conditioning camp um yeah yeah i was all about saving the pandas <laughs> anyway i mention all of this because now i think about it and I um, I don't feel that way. I uh, I don't like sweating. I don't like getting dirty. Um, I don't want to go without running water um, or indoor plumbing. I like having regular meals um, that are heated, and I like soap. <laughs> I don't really want to have to walk around in armor and swing a sword because somebody might swing a sword back at me and that does not sound very fun. Um, so, you know, obviously The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the best known and the best loved of all of the Chronicles of Narnia, but I want to read to you today um, an excerpt from The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. This scene is perhaps the most individually, personally resonant to me in the entire series. Um, and we'll break it down after I read it, but the short version is, you know, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy, they'll go to Narnia and then, um, you know, and they, they save the kingdom from the White Witch and the End Winter and all this stuff. I mean, really, Aslan does all that, but they're there for it. And then, you know, like a thousand years later, they're called back. Um, and the world is very, very different. But they join with Prince Caspian. And again, they save the day. Um, and now Peter and Susan have aged out. and They can't come back to Narnia, which they're really bummed about. But Edmund and Lucy still can. Unfortunately, their bratty little cousin comes with them and he is 
the worst. <laughs> he is, um, I, you can tell that C.S. Lewis is not very fond of public school because this is his like stereotype of a public school kid. Um, but he's very practical and he has no imagination and he doesn't know anything about children's stories. He's been educated on facts and data and um, policy. <laughs> and he is just a brat. Like he's completely unlikable, so selfish and self-absorbed and rude and soft um, and exactly who I would be in this story. And that's why it resonates. Um, so at this point, um, he's just been miserable and I don't blame him because most of this book take place, takes place at sea and I can't swim and I get motion sick. So yeah, this would be not fun for me either. Um, and he didn't want to go, right? Like he was ejected from our world and taken to Narnia. So now he's surrounded by things that he has no concept of, like talking animals. Um, and yeah, just people with who actually use swords and whatever. Um, and so he's freaking out and, and hates it and hates everyone. And there's no way to get back to the familiar, comfortable, boring world that he's used to. So one day, you know, after a particularly miserable experience, they come ashore, they have to do a bunch of repairs. He is so over it. He, so he runs away, so he doesn't have to help. And he finds himself in a cave, puts on um, a bracelet and falls asleep on a pile of treasure and wakes up a dragon. And at first it's this totally empowering feeling, right? Like now he has nothing to be afraid of because he's the shrimpiest. He can't um, force anybody to listen to him because he's not, you know, martially adept. Um, he can't beat anyone up basically, right? No one's afraid of him, so no one listens to him. And now he's a dragon and now he could fight all of them together and probably win, but he realizes he doesn't want that anymore. He is immediately lonely and immediately repentant, but there's nothing he can do. He isn't able to change himself back. And they're getting to the point where the rest of the crew is going to leave this island and they've all grown fond of him because he's different. He's helpful now. He is kinder. Um, he cares. As a dragon, he's much better than he was as a human. But they don't know how he's supposed to come along. Um, and so now he feels more alone than ever. And this is where our story picks up. Well, last night, I was more miserable than ever. And that beastly arm ring was hurting like anything. Is that all right now? Eustace laughed, a different laugh from any Edmund had heard him give before, and slipped the bracelet easily off his arm. There it is, he said, and anyone who likes can have it as far as I'm concerned. Well, as I say, I was lying awake and wondering what on earth would become of me. And then, but mind you, it may have all been a dream. I don't know. Go on, said Edmund, with considerable patience. Well, anyway, I looked up and saw the very last thing I expected, a huge lion coming slowly towards me. And one queer thing was that there was no moon last night, but there was moonlight wherever the lion was. So it came nearer and nearer. I was terribly afraid of it. 
you may think that being a dragon, I could have knocked any lion out easily. But it wasn't that kind of fear. I wasn't afraid of it eating me. I was just afraid of it, if you can understand. Well, it came close up to me and looked straight into my eyes. And I shut my eyes tight. But there wasn't any... Because it told me to follow it. You mean it spoke? I don't know. Now that you mention it, I don't think it did. But it told me all the same. And I knew I'd have to do what it told me. So I got up and followed it. And it led me a long way into the mountains. And there was always this moonlight over and round the lion wherever we went. So at last we came to the top of a mountain I'd never seen before. And on the top of this mountain there was a garden. Trees and fruit and everything. In the middle of it there was a well. I knew it was a well because you could see the water bubbling up from the bottom of it. But it was a lot bigger than most wells, like a very big round bath with marble steps going down into it. The water was as clear as anything, and I thought if I could get in there and bathe, it would ease the pain in my leg. But the lion told me I must undress first. Mind you, I don't know if he said any words out loud or not. I was just going to say I couldn't undress because I hadn't any clothes on, when I suddenly thought the dragons are snaky sort of things, and snakes can cast their skins. Oh, of course, thought I, that's what the lion means. So I started scratching myself, and my scales began coming off all over the place. And then I scratched a little deeper, and instead of just scales coming off here and there, my whole skin started peeling off beautifully, like it does after an illness, or as if I was a banana. In a minute or two, I just stepped out of it. I could see it lying there beside me, looking rather nasty. It was a most lovely feeling. So I started to go down into the well for my bathe. But just as I was going to put my feet into the water, I looked down and saw... They were all hard and rough and wrinkled and scaly, just as I, just as they had been before. Oh, that's all right, said I. It only means I've had another smaller suit on underneath the first, and I'll have to get out of it too. So I scratched and tore it, and this underskin peeled off beautifully, and out I stepped and left it lying beside the other one and went down to the well for my bathe. Well, exactly the same thing happened again. And I thought to myself, oh dear, however many skins have I got to take off? For I was longing to bathe my leg. So I scratched away for the third time and got off a third skin just like the two others and stepped out of it. But as soon as I looked at myself in the water, I knew it had been no good. Then the lion said, but I don't know if it spoke, you will have to let me undress you. I was afraid of his claws, I can tell you, but I was pretty nearly desperate now. So I just lay flat down on my back and let him do it. The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. You know, if you've ever picked the scab off a sore place, it hurts like billy-o, but it is fun to see it coming away. I know exactly what you mean, said Edmund. Well, he peeled the beastly stuff right off, just as I thought I'd done it myself the other three times, only they hadn't hurt. And there it was lying on the grass, only ever so much thicker and darker and more knobbly looking than the others had been. And there was I, as smooth and soft as a peeled switch and smaller than I had been. Then he caught hold of me. I didn't like that much, for I was very tender underneath now, and I had no skin on, and threw me into the water. It smarted like anything, but only for a moment. After that, it became perfectly delicious, and as soon as I started swimming and splashing, I found that all the pain had gone from my arm, and then I saw why. I turned into a boy again. You'd think me simply phony if I told you how I felt about my own arms. I know they've no muscle and they're pretty moldy compared with Caspians, but I was so glad to see them. After a bit, the lion took me out and dressed me. Dressed you? With his paws? Well, I don't exactly remember that bit. But he did somehow or other. 
in new clothes, the same I've got on now, as a matter of fact, and then suddenly I was back here, which is what makes me think it must have been a dream. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, such a picture, I think, of what sin does to us, right? Eustace wanted to be away from everyone. He wanted to get away, and he did. And he slept with greed and, you know, power in his heart. He just, and he woke up and his dreams were fulfilled. They were satisfied. And then he realized how much his dreams sucked. Um, and he was so lonely and powerless to change himself. It didn't matter how many times he shed his skin. He was still a dragon. And it took the lion clawing it off. But the lion only had to do it once. And it hurt. It hurt. It hurt like dying. It would be nice and fairly true to say that from that time forth, Eustace was a different boy. To be strictly accurate, he began to be a different boy. He had relapses. There were still many days when he could be very tiresome. But most of those I shall not notice. The cure had begun. So one more thing I want to share to close this up. Um, and these are Sarah Sparks' lyrics to her song, Eustace Scrub. I'm not going to sing it to you. For the first time in my life, I'm not living a lie, and I hate who I am. I've become what I feared, and I cried dragon's tears just to prove I'm a man. I tried to change my appearance, but I am not changed. I'm just tired. I tried to heal myself long before I met your gaze at the water. I'm at your feet. Would you tear into the deep of my heart to heal me? I've seen my own reflection. I know the pain I'm in. I've been a lonely wretch and I can't get out of it. As he looked through my eyes at the things I despised, I felt pierced by his gaze. But he peeled off my skin and threw me into the water to save me. I wore this bracelet bright and golden that overnight became a chain. I was a lonely, wretched soul that lost in the dark cried out your name. You cut me deep, I know it, but it's the sweetest kind of pain. Oh, sweet relief, you took my burdens. Oh, I believe. Oh, I believe. Do you believe? <laughs>